When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday shows always get a little bit better when we get to talk to our next guest. He is Phil Steele. He is a huge part of what we do here on College Sports Now. Love catching up with Phil uh, as we do each and every week. Uh, Phil, we got some games on the schedule that we'll get to in a little bit. I did have a question for you, though, something I was thinking about over the weekend. You, you, you post the pictures of your TV setup on Saturdays when, like, the noon games or the 3.30 games are all starting and, and all your TVs are just maxed out with, with live games, and it's beautiful. And you tweet it out on your Twitter handle, at PhilSteel042. Here's my question for you, though. How do you decide which one gets audio? Or how do, you, how do you work that out? Do you have all 12 games going on at once with the audio? Are you listening to, like, Steely Dan in the background? Like, what are we doing with the audio for these games? Uh, I usually have audio on three games. That's about the most that I could pay attention to <laughs> audio-wise and still try to take in 12 games visually. If I had too much audio on, I wouldn't be able to really pick out what people are saying. But with three on, I can hear it. And usually I have one a little bit louder than the others. But uh, it's it's tough. It's a lot of diet Mountain Dew. But uh, you know what? It's a it's a tough job, guys. But somebody's got to do it. That's right. Hey, Phil, I, I figured you were kind of like Rain Man when it comes to football, and you just absorb all thirteen games at the same time. <laughs> that would <laughs> you know, be a little difficult, Wayne. But uh, you know, I do watch them all. I know you watch them all, and that's what makes it fun. And one of the things I noticed that you've been doing lately too, Phil, is you put out some really interesting ways of looking at the top teams in the country on, on social media. And I always think it's interesting um, and how you evaluate, like, who's doing what. I know we had a little bit of a shakeup this weekend with Wisconsin losing, especially since Wisconsin gets to play Ohio State this week, which is still a huge game, but maybe not quite as huge. But if you could just kind of – Share with us a little bit about what you're putting out in social media during the week and how you're looking at how you view the top teams in the country. Yeah, you know, there's different ways to look at them. Uh, one way I, that I did is the, the strength of wins, which, you know, for every team you defeat, you get credit for every FBS game that the, that team has won. And everybody talks about Ohio State playing a soft schedule so far this year. Uh, but they actually lead the country in uh, strength of wins with uh, 25. So their opponents have won 25 games this year. 
which happens to be more than anybody else in the country. And, and Wisconsin's actually up there as well. So is Auburn. Even though Auburn has one loss, the teams they defeated, uh, they're up there. Another way to look at it is my uh, my uh, average game grades, which I have. And once again, Ohio State's at the top of that. If you look at Ohio State, uh, they're about six points better than everybody else in terms of average game grades. And what that takes into account, it has no beginning power rating for Ohio State. What it does, it just takes a look at the yards rushing, yards passing, yards defense, pass defense, and points, and who your opponent was. And it grades each game based on that. It has no clue what team you are, and it's so it's completely independent. But if you look at it so far this year, Ohio State's been the one dominant team in the country. They have not had a bad game all season. So they're at the top of that rating. And then, you know, you can look at it in different ways. I think if you look at the marquee win factor, you'd have to look with, at LSU. And I still think Clemson at this point is getting way underrated because if you look at Clemson, they've had one bad game, North Carolina. Even last week, they're getting beat up because Lawrence threw two touchdown passes. Guys, he threw two touch or threw two interceptions. They beat Louisville 42 to 10 on the road. I mean, they they won that game by a big margin on the road, and uh, and it was 45 to 10. And so you look at their defense this year; it's all green. They're, they haven't allowed over 300 yards in a single game this year. I think Clemson's a lot better than folks are giving them credit for. Uh, our producer Michael Serber, diehard Clemson fan, just perked up when you said that, Phil. So he's uh, he's he's buying everything that you have to say. Well, we've been talking about Ohio State a lot on the show. Uh, Wayne and I were talking about the Buckeyes before you came on. Let's talk about Saturday at noon. Wisconsin comes to town. Obviously, the Badgers coming off that loss at Illinois is a thirty-point favorite, biggest upset of the season, and to date, anyway. Ohio State's a huge favorite in this game. I mean, 14 and a half points, Phil. Can the Badgers hang around? Do we think the Buckeyes finally put together a four-quarter football game? Are they going to be forced to play a four-quarter football game against Wisconsin Saturday? We know if you look at their their last two matchups from 2017 and 2016, Wisconsin played them within seven points and six points in each of those years. So that has you thinking they could do it. They've got the defense. When you look at Wisconsin's defense this year, Given up, even like, including last week's 315 yards, they're still only giving up 194 yards per game. They're holding their opponents 187 yards below their season average. They've got Jonathan Taylor at running back. They've got Jack Cohn is playing better than expected, hitting 76% of his passes this year. But I don't know if any team in the country can hang with Ohio State right now. And when I look at the Buckeyes, they're just uh, this year's Ohio State team. I would favor by 10 to 14 points over last year's Ohio State team. I mean, last year's team didn't have a defense. This year they have a defense. They're giving up just 229 yards per game. Last year they struggled to run the ball. This year they're averaging 6.3 yards per carry. Uh, And you thought there'd be a big drop-off pass-wise, but Justin Fields is hitting 71% with a 22-1 ratio. They're at home. They've got the speed outside. I think they will find the holes in the Wisconsin defense. And, uh, frankly, right now Ohio State's a buzzsaw. I'm not jumping in front of them. So I'm laying the points. Taking Ohio State in this one, I think Wisconsin will give them a game. And if it follows the M.O. of how Ohio State's played recently this year, it'll be close after the first quarter. And then the second quarter is going to be all Ohio State. And it might just be like that again this week. Yeah, it's hard not to agree. Not to agree. I mean, it's funny. I was, I was looking at my picks for, for top four. And, you know, Ohio State and LSU and, and Alabama's there and Oklahoma and Clemson and Penn State. That's kind of my six right now. Um, I don't know. It's hard to put them in order. I like listening to what you're saying. One of those teams, Phil, is it, that's it's been just pretty dominant is Oklahoma. 
I know the spread's not even close, but they, they go on the road to Kansas State, and we've seen what can happen as the season drags on. Is Oklahoma going to take care of this pretty easily, or does Kansas State put up a fight? Uh, you know, Kansas State's got a pretty good defense this year. They're giving up 348 yards per game, but they're challenged offensively. They only had 266 yards against TCU, uh, 244 yards against Oklahoma State, 269 against Mississippi State. All three of those games, they had uh, an average of about 15 first downs. That's not going to cut it when you're playing Oklahoma. And I, I like the way the Sooners are playing. They've survived a, 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 t- a tough test with Texas. Haven't really played anybody else that much, but I think Kansas State's offense is not going to be able to stay with Oklahoma. Uh, West Virginia was within 28-14 at the half of Oklahoma last week, and I think Kansas State might be close then, but I, I do see the Sooners pulling away. I do think they're a complete team this year. I like their defense. Uh, the way they're playing. They don't have an Ohio State defense or a Clemson defense, but they have a much improved defense. And when you when you uh, marry that to the offense that they have, it's a pretty dangerous Oklahoma team. So I like the Sooners to win this one comfortably. Uh, Phil, I want to take you to the 330 slate. I'll let Wayne ask about Auburn LSU because I know how much he loves the SEC. <laughs> I, Penn State, Michigan State for me is intriguing, Phil. I, I don't know what it is about this game. But I, I think Michigan State's going to have something to say about it late in this contest. I just, you get the impression, man, Penn State's got to get up three weeks in a row coming off of the emotional win against Michigan, the emotional win against Iowa. Is this an upset special for you? I'm curious to get your thoughts on Penn State at Michigan State. Yeah, it could very well be. And I think you hit it right on the head, Stephen. This is a circle the wagons game for Michigan State. Mark Antonio even came out and said that this week. He said, you know, we, we, they went on the road to Ohio State and they went on the road to Wisconsin, two pretty tough places, and they got waxed in both games. They lost by 24 and 38 points. But they had a bye. Now this is like their game. This is their A++++ game. They're at home, and they're actually playing pretty decent at home this year. Uh, at home, they're gaining 433 yards per game. They're only giving up 251. It's on the road where they've been struggling. Now Penn State went into Kinnick. And then they got out gained by Iowa. They ended up pulling out the win. Last week against Michigan, they got out first down 26-14. to 14. They got out gained by 134 yards. And if Michigan's receiver doesn't drop that pass in the end zone, they lose that game, or at least the game probably goes to overtime in a tie. Uh, so they're coming off two superhuman efforts. Now they got to go on the road again. And what we saw the last couple of years, after their Ohio State game the last couple of years, they played Michigan State and ended up losing both times because they gave all their effort against Ohio State and had nothing left for Michigan State. So I think it is a circle the wagons game for Michigan State. Tough, tough situation for Penn State. And frankly, Penn State the last two weeks has been outgained by almost 100 yards per game. So I, I think it is a possible upset this week. Wow. Now, i got to set this straight. I do not dislike the SEC. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan and what they've done this year. I love what Ed O has done with, with LSU. For the Pac-12's sake, I wouldn't mind if Auburn pulled the upset, although I don't think they're going to. But that's a heck of a heavyweight battle. This is going to be a good one, Phil. Yeah, and I love Auburn's defense. In fact, there was an interesting stat. I was watching the, uh, the SEC Network, and they threw this one out there, that the uh, SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week, Auburn's played seven weeks, Five times they've had the SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week. So they've got a pretty good defensive line. Uh, they're only giving up 94 yards per game rushing. They can get after the quarterback. they got 20 sacks so far this year. Their defense is holding opponents 109 yards below their season average. That's a nasty defense. But 
I do think Joe Burrow and company can attack almost any defense. Look what they did to Florida. Florida came out with a pretty good defense. The same Florida team that held Auburn to 269 yards gave up 511 yards to LSU, 22 first downs in that game. So I, I think you will find LSU being able to move the football. Now, on the flip side of the coin, as much as Auburn was able to score in Arkansas last week, I have some question marks. Booby Whitlow went out with injury. He's going to miss this game. So they went to a running back by committee. And if you look at Bo Nix, he struggled a little bit in the road games. You go back to the game in the Swamp, uh, only 11 of 27 for 145 yards. And I know LSU's defense hasn't been dominant, but they're getting healthier. So I think that healthier defense will help LSU here. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, not with Auburn's defense. But I do see LSU probably winning this one by a couple of touchdowns, much like they did against Florida. Hey, sidebar, Phil, how are you going to go about trying to handicap LSU, Alabama in a couple of weeks, knowing that two is not going to be, you know, 100 percent? We don't know how he's we don't know how healthy he's going to be, but, you know, he'll probably be back for that game. Does that change your approach to that game coming up in Tuscaloosa on November 2nd, November 9th? Beg your pardon. You know, it, it very well could, because I think if you look at Alabama last year down the stretch, once Tua got injured and was hobbling around a little bit at the end of the season, wasn't quite the same offense, wasn't quite the same quarterback as he was uh, earlier in the year. And you go back to that Clemson game, I, I thought they really struggled. And then a lot came out, well, Tua wasn't 100%. Well, I don't think he's going to be 100% for this game. Now, they've got the weapons. He just has to get the ball out to them. But the mobility is a factor, and LSU's pass rush is getting better. The last couple of weeks, you're getting more pressure on the quarterback. We won't know how healthy Tua is. It's the biggest game on the board that week, Stephen. I tend to think the value game for you know finding games to play is in the games that maybe the people aren't talking about. You know, the ones hidden over here. So, uh, in that respect, it won't be one of my best plays of the week. But uh, I, I right now think that line was originally ten, ten and a half for Alabama. I got to think it comes down to probably under a touchdown for this game with Tua's questionability. Wow. Phil, the the Pac-12 makes me nervous. I, I was I was rooting for Oregon against yeah. Washington. Um, I thought I was very impressed with with the way Oregon went on the road in a tough environment and 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 won a a, a huge game. Scares the heck out of me, even though they get it at home. Washington State is one of those teams. If they, they 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 lose some games here and there that they probably shouldn't, but that offense is explosive enough. To where if Oregon has a hangover, they could score points. I know that Oregon defense is legit, but Washington State tends to be able to move the ball against anybody. Are you worried at all about this game, or does Oregon keep rolling? You know, Wayne, last year I was worried about Oregon's situation when they went out to Washington State because they were off that big come-from-behind win against Washington at home. They had to go on the road. Washington State had a bye the week before the game. Game day was on hand. The Washington State crowd was just ridiculous. They jumped out to a big lead, just jumped on Oregon, much like I thought they would. But the fact that this game is in Austin lessens my concern. And, and I, like you, think, boy, if you're a Pac-12 fan, you got to root for a one-loss Oregon yep. to be playing a one-loss Utah in the Pac-12 yep. title game. Then the champ really has a chance to make the playoff this year because that would be a heck of a victory for whichever team got it. And I think Oregon's uh, got a real good chance of beating Washington State. That's other. They went on the road against Utah, only put up 13 points. Uh, granted, the weather wasn't great there, but heck, or you know, Utah didn't have any trouble. They won that game 38 to 13. I think Oregon's clearly just at least as good as Utah is, and it's in Austin. So the fact that it's in Austin has me thinking less of a letdown. And I like Oregon to win that one and win it by a couple of touchdowns. 
That is uh, that is Pac-12 after dark for those of us on the East Coast. 10.30 Eastern kick for the Cougs at the Ducks. Talk to me about Notre Dame-Michigan, Phil, because this was the fishy line of the week for me when it opened. Now, I know that we're talking on Thursday morning. It's a pick em, all right? But when this line opened, wasn't Michigan favored by like three and a half or four points, and the public's just been loading up on the Irish Talk me through this. Notre Dame at Michigan, 7.30 kick under the lights at the big house. Yeah, two and a half, and it, it has since moved to pick. I've seen Notre Dame favored by one in a couple of spots this morning, Stephen. And uh, what we're what you're looking at here is I think everybody's hearing how Michigan uh, really struggles against ranked teams. Uh, they struggle against ranked teams on the road. They haven't beat one in a long, long time. But it's really a different story when they get a ranked team at home. If you go back and look at the last four times – they faced a ranked team at home. They're 3-1. and one. The one loss was to Ohio State. But they've covered them all. And the three games they won, they won by three touchdowns on the average. So, I mean, they, they're pretty tough at home. I love the way their offense played in the second half last week against Penn State. I think that final drive of the first half and then the entire second half, we're seeing a different Michigan offense. That's a very good Penn State defense they took on. They had 26 first downs. 417 yards in whiteout conditions. And even Urban Meyer was saying last week how tough. He thought whiteout was the toughest environment that he ever took his team to play. Michigan went into that, and if they didn't drop the touchdown pass at the end, they'd probably tie that game and force overtime, and who knows, they could have won that game. So I like the way their offense played. Their defense is tough. It's at home. It's at night. Another advantage. The home team is 8-1 and one in this series, uh, and so that's a nice thing to have. And so add it all up. I actually think Michigan's the better team. They're at home. They're at night. And we're going to see Michigan play real good down the stretch here. So I'm pretty happy the line's moving in the opposite direction. (laughs) Wow. Phil, I I want to ask you about two undefeated teams that we're probably not talking about enough. And I I, I don't – if you want to, you know, talk about the game as well. But I'm just curious what you think. I know Minnesota and and what P.J. Flex do, and I know their schedule's been soft at the beginning, and I know they've got a tough a, a bunch of tough games coming up, but I'm curious what you think about Minnesota and maybe the threat they pose in conference play going forward. And then SMU and, and what, what Sonny Dykes has been able to do uh, at, at SMU and have them at 7-0 and, 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 and a top-20 team, if you could talk about those two teams. Yeah, Minnesota, they started out the year, their first three games, they, they trailed late in the fourth quarter in all three. And we're talking about South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. They miraculously pulled out wins. You're thinking, well, they're not a very good team. And then I like what I've seen from them the next four games, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, and Rutgers. Now, one thing I do want to point out, all four games they played backup quarterbacks. Uh, Fresno State, they took on a first-time starter. Georgia Southern, believe it might have been that Wurtz might have played there I think they played one starting quarterback all year one returning starting quarterback all year so we'll have to see what happens when they that the meat of their schedules at the end they host Penn State they have to play Iowa on the road they also play Wisconsin at home frankly though I didn't think they had a shot at beating Wisconsin last year and they went into Wisconsin and came out of there with the win so Flex got them believing they seem to be playing better every week. I'd like to see them play a, a, a team that's got their quarterback, which they haven't really been playing. But Tanner Morgan's throwing the football good. They've got the run game, and the defense is playing pretty good as well. And SMU, they had one bad game. And what game was it? It was the first week they were ranked since 1984. So when usually when teams get in that situation, everybody's talking about them, and, and they can't stand the limelight. They almost got beat by Tulsa. They trailed 30-9. to But they bounced back big last week against Temple. I think they get past Houston this week. I'm circling that Memphis game. 
You know, at the start of the year, Wayne, I said all the group of five teams, I expect everyone to have one loss. Smooth's probably Smooth and App- Appalachian State are the two teams that are left unbeaten. Uh, App State, I think, still has to play South Carolina. Uh, and when you look at Smooth, the big game is probably at Memphis this week or next week. So if they survive Memphis, I think SMU is a real good chance around the table. Hey, Phil, I was going to put this game on our pick with Wayne, but, you know, like Herb Street, he has to abstain from the game that he's calling. So Arizona State, UCLA at the Rose Bowl, ASU just a slight road favorite here. Talk to me about this one because you know who Wayne thinks is going to win. Yeah, I'm thinking Wayne's thinking it's going to be much like last year where UCLA's offense just caught fire down the stretch. And, and frankly, they have played better. I mean, you look at the last four games, they're averaging – probably 500 yards per game. So I, I like the way the offense is playing. DTR has been a, a dangerous runner. Uh, they're going to take on a, a pretty good defense this week in Arizona State. Arizona State's holding their opponents 54 yards below their season average. Uh, they can get some pressure on the quarterback. So I like Arizona State's defense. And offensively, you're going to see Jaden Daniels bounce back. I mean, playing Utah's defense on the road in the rain like they did last week's one thing. Going to the Rose Bowl is going to be different. So I think you'll see a better Arizona State offense. I do think UCLA makes a game of it, but unfortunately, Wayne, I'm picking Arizona State to go on the road and get this one by more than the three and a half or four points. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it. Yeah, hey, you hate hey, to see hey. it. So listen, after after we beat Stanford for the first time in 11 years, I'll I'll, I'll ride that one. But you, you never know in this beautiful conference, the Pac-12, anything can happen. That's right, and yeah, you know, hopefully, like I said, Wayne, hopefully, if you're rooting for the Pac-12. It's Utah and yes. Oregon with one loss yep. apiece in the Pac-12 title game. Well, Wayne really wants to go to the Cheez-It Bowl, so uh, we're, we're all we're, we're rooting for him. Phil, I'm going to let know, you get out of here on one more, okay? Because last week I asked you for an under-the-radar game. You know, give me a sneaky game that you've got your eye on where there's some value, and, and you gave us a winner with Miami of Ohio as a home dog against Northern Illinois. So I'm going to ride you again for week nine. Give me a game that's maybe off off the radar nationally that you've got your eye on and you're like, you know what, there's some value here on Saturday. Yeah, we'll just keep making this a habit every week, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Red Hawks of Miami. And, you know, the thing I love about them is that when it's non-conference play, Chuck Martin treats it like preseason football. He doesn't care. He's building his team, getting them ready for the MAC. They tend to lose all four of their non-conference games, at least against the spread. Uh, and he gets blown out. Big deal. Then it gets to be Mac playing a completely different animal. They beat Buffalo. You know, they went into Western Michigan. They had a, a 365 to 310-yard edge. Probably should have won that game. 74-yard interception return in the second quarter was big. Beat Northern at home, and they led that game by 10. Northern got a late touchdown to pull within three. Now they're playing Kent. They're tied for first in the Mac East at 2-1. and one. So Miami's more used to these games. I think under Martin, there's something like 17-6 and six for the last 23 Mac games. Kent has got a record of 3-4. and four. You know who Kent's beat this year? Kennesaw State, Bowling Green, and Akron. So they really haven't beaten anybody this year. I think Miami's more ready for this game. They're a slight underdog once again. And I don't picture Kent as having one of those huge home edges. So I'm going to go with Miami once again this week as a dog. So for the second straight Saturday, I'm going to be sweating out Miami of Ohio football. That, that's what you're <laughs> saying, Phil. Right. I, you're I, going to start wearing Red Hawk t-shirts by the end or sweatshirts by the end of the season i'm I'm, I'm locked in miami a two-point dog on the road at kent state saturday afternoon 3 30 love it uh phil you're the best always love your insight and appreciate you helping us break down week nine man thanks so much a lot of fun as always gentlemen hope you both have a great weekend